Hi. It's uh, Bowerly at News Radio 930 WBEN. Yeah, here at the uh, radio station, there's a whole bunch of guys with, uh, with suits. Like five, six guys with suits. Thinking to myself, last time I saw that many people with suits, the station got sold. I'm just saying. Uh, it is, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, I've been, been there before. It's always worked out. <laughs> anyway, it is, uh, usually though, little secret is they come in after 6 o'clock at night. Anyway, how you doing? It's uh, 11 minutes after 4 at, start a rumor, huh? No, I'm sure we're we're fine. I'm sure we're just fine. Uh, anyway, uh Anyway, it's uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN, but I do wonder. Anyway, uh, how are you? Good to good to be with you. So um, I was off uh, Friday and and yesterday, and I had kind of a crappy weekend. Um, basically, half doing my social life, going out thinking I felt okay, then saying I got to go home um, on Saturday and Sunday both, and uh, all because of a. This is so embarrassing. A cold. See, usually if I'm out, I like to tell you, hey, I was in surgery for six and a half hours, let me tell you. Or, so, the guy cuts open my chest and he's grabbing my heart. Those are the stories I like to tell. They sound somewhat manly, don't they? I mean, it makes me feel good. Yeah, another scar, another story. Let me show you my scar. Here's where the tubes went. (laughs) Here's where they dragged the... No... It was a cold, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, when is the last time I missed work because of a cold? I don't even remember the last time. Seriously. Laryngitis, yes, I do have an issue with laryngitis from time to time, but not a cold. And then I started thinking, why would this be? Why would a 59-year-old man... Why would he be so bowled over by a cold? This shouldn't happen. Then I realized, wait a minute. We've spent the last three years making sure everything was wiped down, sanitized, autoclaved, steam cleaned, uh, neuralized, paralyzed, at least the, the viruses were, that our immune systems have not kicked in. They have not had a chance to work. We've been depriving our immune systems of work. I mean, if you have a car in a barn, I mean, does it start up like it did the day you bought it? No, because it's been sitting around for a while. You might have to monkey around with it. Um, yeah, so as I said at the beginning of the show, if I asked you to run a marathon right now, most of you could not run a marathon. If I said, go out and run four steps, you could do that. Eight steps the next day, 12 steps the next day, and so on and so forth. But I believe, and I want to find out if this is true from you guys, this is a great Buffalo expression, I want to find out if you or your kids have been more bowled over by just ordinary stuff than you used to be, and you think it's probably because we were too clean. And the doctors, when it comes to kids, call it, Um, the hygiene theory of disease, which basically is you got to expose your kids to as much stuff as you can when they're young so the immune system can differentiate between the really bad stuff and the stuff it can let by. And as I said earlier, peanut allergies are a great example of a first-world problem. They don't have peanut allergy issues 
in the underdeveloped countries because the kids have healthier immune systems, right? I, I happen to believe this very strongly. I believe very strongly in George Carlin's You Are All Sick monologue, um, where he talked about swimming in the river uh, tempered by raw poo, except he didn't say poo. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And I, I think that school teachers are probably the people I would most like to hear from, but it, it can be anybody, okay? I don't care what you do. Uh, if you're a school teacher, the the old classic story, uh, this will be the third time today I've, I've mentioned this, of the elementary school teacher, kindergarten, first, second, third grade. You start your career, you are sick a lot. You, you catch everything you can possibly catch. By year number three, you've got the immune system of a horse. There's nothing that can bring you down. But you got to get your immune system going. Here's Walter in Lewiston on WBEN, sir. Thank you for taking my call, sir. Uh, I've been listening to your show, and I think you're totally right about the immune system. But what's catching my interest is the difference between the bacterial and virus. Colds are by virus. Yes. Bacterial, you get by unclean dishes and so forth. Half the people who don't feel well, or I, 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 not up to par, I don't, I don't feel good. It's because they're, I want to call it food poisoning, but it's not cleanliness in the house. They don't wash the dishes properly. They, they touch things that other people touch. And um, I think that's part of the problem. They're trying to call it a virus. If you have a virus, you shouldn't go into a school and spread it. If you were just going by something you ate and it, you don't feel well, that's a different story. And I'm not sure how that goes. You don't invite the bacteria or you don't invite the virus. So you have to take proper precautions on doing that. Well, and, ex- ex- uh, explain proper precautions. Proper precautions. For example, if you go to a door, you're going into a, uh, a building. The proper precautions, 80% of the people are right-handed. They'll open up the door with the right hand and go about their business. If you were conscious about what you're going to touch, you don't know who touched it before you, you would open up with your left hand on the bottom side. Therefore, you don't, you expo- you don't expose yourself to 80% of the people. And therefore, if you put your hand in your mouth or whatever you do with your hand afterwards, it's at least 80% protective. So there's certain things you can do. Yeah, see, I, I, I differ with you, sir. I want my body to be exposed to viruses and bacteria, frankly, as much as possible, because I think it makes a stronger immune system. Well, I agree with you there, but you have to do it when you're young. You have to do it when your immune system is good. As you get older, your immune system is going to break down. So I mentioned, I, I don't think I mentioned, I, I was a school bus driver. I was exposed to all the runs, I was a school bus on Grand Island. I had three runs in the morning, three runs in the afternoon. I had middle school, elementary school, and high school. I had to pick up all the kids. I was exposed to all that when I was younger. I haven't had a cold in 20 years. Well, as far as you know, getting back to the whole bacteria and virus thing, the wipes that were sold were sold as uh, a lot of them were called disinfectant wipes, which would cover both bacteria and virus. Clorox also had a product specifically that said it would kill viruses. 
So we were not just killing bacteria, we were killing viruses. And I think we did that to our detriment. I think a lot of people are going to be taking a lot of sick time this year with stuff that ordinarily would have been just a mild bump in the road. I agree. I, that's what I'm saying. This Young people should be exposed to it, and their immune system will kick in. As you get older, your, your immune system is going to uh, fade out. You're not going to have enough of uh, how do I put it? Um, chemicals in your body to the fight them. They're going to teeter out. Oh, you're so. you're just a ball of encouragement, Walter. You're you're a ball of encouragement. I don't know though because you know what? I, I think uh, let me let me just shoot this at you. I think if somebody makes 85, 90, 95 years old, I think that they have the genetics that properly fight anything that Mother Nature throws at them. These there are people I swear who are indestructible. I agree with you, because they were exposed to that earlier. Or they just had better genetics than you or I. I have no way of knowing how old uh, you yes. are, but I uh, yes. I thank you. Walter, I, I thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I, in fact, I'm going to open up the door to the, to the men's room with my mouth uh, during the next break, uh, just as a show that I practice what I preach. Actually, it'd be worse to open the door from the men's room with the mouth. Anyway, oh, that's gross. Uh, kiss me, please. All right, let's go to traffic on news rate. Yeah, hello. Uh, let's go to traffic on. Okay, when you see somebody leaving the stall and they don't wash their hands. Yeah, okay, everybody. Yeah, everybody's just winced in the next room. We all know people like that, don't we? Uh, this has been very, very interesting. Let's get back to the calls. Here's uh, Jason Grand Island. Jason, hello. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Uh, it's a great day. Yes, sir. Uh, just thinking about what the elephant in the room may be. is uh, Could it possibly be a result of some of these vaccines damaging people's immune systems? Well, I don't, I don't rightly know. I, I have heard. I mean, look, I'm not one to see. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Having said that, I don't get good reactions to vaccines. Typically, I, my, my body to totally overreacts to vaccines. Um, as far as the COVID vaccine, I will tell you, and I will swear on a stack of Bibles or whatever other holy book you'd care to present, that I never had edema in my legs until the COVID vaccine. And once that happened, things changed, and I'm not very happy about it. Well, I work with a couple of people, and my wife also tells me that uh, these people are saying that they're more sick more often, and when they do get sick, they feel worse than they did previously. And these people are typical in that they've taken the vaccine. Well, is it the vaccine about, or is it is it the COVID itself? I mean, I will tell you that uh, that I, I, I've been the I've been the picture of health as far as viruses and bacteria go. Uh, since I uh, had COVID a couple of years ago? Well, since um, the vaccines were taken by so many, uh, I've, I know dozens of people who've tested positive for COVID who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. So it didn't really make a difference in stopping spread or stopping transmission. Right, but but, but my my point my point is if if if, if, your, if your premise if your premise is correct that people are getting sicker since the vaccine could it also be that people are getting sicker since COVID and then you have to ask the question well is it the COVID or is it the vaccine why are people getting sicker if people are getting sicker? 
Right, that is possible too. That's a possibility. But uh, you know, you, you speak often on the show about Occam's razor, and uh, now just because you're using Occam's razor to try to find a solution to a problem doesn't mean that the very first answer that might be the simplest or most logical is always the right one. But that's the place where you start, right? So when you go to this, uh, say, commotio cordis event that happened with this young athlete, um, that's in itself is very rare, and it's even more rare that it happens in an adult. It's typically a youth who does not have a fully developed chest at the time, you know, the rib cage, the musculature. It's very rare to happen uh, in someone of his age. But when you look at the events have happened worldwide with the athletes dropping, collapsing, heart attack, strokes, myocarditis, pericarditis. Those events, in my understanding, are more common now than if you said commotion cordis would, would be extremely rare. But a re, an event resulting from the vaccine or, or damage from it is actually much more common. So using Occam's razor, that's the conclusion I would come to. Now, I hate to say this, but when you look at the Buffalo Bills, when you think about the people that have been affected terribly by these health events, not just DeMar Hamlin, but we don't even know about John Murphy, Kim Pagula. Well, I mean, John, John Murphy had a stroke. I have no idea what Kim Pagula's issue is. I mean, I, I would say stick with what you know. Um, I mean, I, I really... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to speculate on John Murphy's stroke being a... I think you should be able to talk about it. I, I think... At one point in time, and he's one of the most respected cardiologists in the country, and now he's being lambasted because he's going against Big Pharma. And it's kind of scary because... Yeah, who, who's, who's this? About, uh, who's this? Dr. Paul McCullough. You had him on your show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we had. Yeah. All right, Jason, thank you. Thank you very much. I I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, look, I I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer, but uh, I think that, uh, let's put it this way, questions need to be asked. Are there more athletes dropping dead of sudden cardiac arrest without any impact to the chest than there used to be? Are we simply noticing it more now? I mean, what, what do the statistics say? What, do, what was the cause of death? What did the EKGs say? I mean, I, I will tell you, and again, I, 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 this is my personal experience. I know a number of people who never had AFib. They got the vaccine, and suddenly they get AFib. The only thing that changed was the vaccine. And just like with me. The only thing that changed between edema and no edema was the vaccine. So I, I'm not going to rule anything out. But the the idea that you cannot ask questions about this uh, or, or if you do dare raise concerns about the definite increase in reported pericarditis and myocarditis in young people, that somehow that's a bad thing, that is, is BS. Because you should never be afraid of a fact. A fact is a fact. So uh, what, what, do, I, do I believe absolutely that the leg situation with me was caused by the vaccine? Yes, I do. I took pictures to prove it. Never had that. Didn't have that after the heart attack. Suddenly I get the vaccine and I, I get this issue. 
I mean, I'm wearing compression stocks now like an old man. Give me a break. I know I am an old man, but shut up, Josh. I hate you now. It's uh, 427 at News Radio 930 WBEN. But look, you should, and people should be able to ask questions about whether the vaccine um, is resulting in increased deaths of people at younger ages from cardiac events uh, than before. I, I think that's a very legitimate area of inquiry, and it shouldn't be squelched by anybody. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly back with you on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, I cannot believe that a common cold. Are you kidding me? Um, kind of laid me up Friday through uh, through yesterday. That just does not happen. And I, my theory, my theory is that it was the uh, it was the era of over cleanliness that we went through during the pandemic, and that our immune systems, like mine and yours, didn't have a chance to work like they usually do. Uh, because um, it just doesn't happen. When I take off, I like to come back and tell you gory stories about what they did to me. So they sliced me open from here to here, and then they did this. Then they took out my spleen, made me eat it. I mean, uh, those are the stories that I like. It's embarrassing. Hi, I took cold in with a common cold, but it was it was a, I was a cold. I mean, what you know? It, so anyway, um, as far as the last caller is concerned, look, if you are a physician and you are listening to the show, you should absolutely be looking into whether that whether we have more arrhythmias, afib, myocarditis, pericarditis after the vaccine amongst those who were vaccinated. Because the fastest way you as a physician can lose the trust of the people who come to you for treatment is by sweeping something under the rug. And if there is something with this vaccine that can be statistically demonstrated to significantly increase to the point of demonstrating causality uh, a affiliation with heart issues, in particular among young people, then you ought to be investigating it. And look, I get the game. You don't have a single uh, physician practice anymore. It's impractical. Those days of going to the doctor on your street with the practice in the basement, they're over. If you're going to be a doctor now, you got to be a part of a big corporation. I get it. If you're going to be a doctor now, you have to... Uh, now, basically, you might as well have a minor in dealing with insurance because that's going to occupy half of your day and probably most of your office's day. Um, you'll have nurses, if you're a physician and you know this is true, they'll spend two hours on the phone with an insurance company to get authorization for a test that somebody absolutely positively needs. It's, to me, a horrendous field to be in. Okay, I have a niece who is a physician in New York City. I will not. Uh, I haven't talked to her in in years. She's clearly above me now. But I, well, most people are. Let's be honest. But the um, the, I mean, Ron Jeremy is slightly below me. You know, that's just slightly though. But anyway, um, in terms of mental capacity, I should say that, not in terms of other stuff. But anyway, um, you. 
the the medical environment today, it's all about. I mean, it, it really is. It's all about big corporate medicine. You know it, and I know it. Big corporate medicine. So, can we, the people, really rely? on doctors who are dependent on paying back hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans and getting fellowships and, and everything else and, and, and getting board certifications? And are, can we really trust you to give us the true objective data about the vaccine and whether the vaccine may have had something to do with DeMar Hamlin? Why is it that so many people know people who suddenly developed AFib after the vaccine? Why is it that so many people know people who developed other issues after the vaccine? I told you about mine. Never had edema in my legs. Had a massive heart attack that almost killed me. Didn't have edema after that. Get the damn COVID shot. I got edema out my butt. Well, clearly not out my butt. I wouldn't be sitting down right now if that was the case. But but, you get the point. But I hope that there is still enough freedom, uh, at least in the academic medical community, to investigate honestly and sincerely what a lot of people out here in the real world believe, that this vaccine is causing side effects that were unanticipated and that those side effects are being hidden by the government and they're being hidden by you guys and ladies of the world of medicine. I, I And I, I think you need to do objective research. The vaccine has been out now for a few years. Millions of people have received it. And there should be sufficient data to determine, honestly, whether or not the vaccine is responsible for an increase Let's just say in cardiac, I mean, nobody cares about edema, but in, in, in cardiac events, you should be able to ask that question without being ostracized. You should be able to ask that question without being crucified, pilloried, flagellated, or, or anything else. You should absolutely be able to ask that question, and you should be able to do objective, peer-reviewed research that is not subject to your corporation for which you work you're the university which funds you truly objective research. Does or does this vaccine not cause cardiac issues in hitherto healthy young people? That is a legitimate question. And as I've said, I know what it did to me. Had nothing to do with my heart. That was messed up a long time before that. But I know what it did to my legs, and I, I took pictures to document it. And frankly, I have to have a surgical procedure done to correct the damage that was done um and it's not it's not a big it's not a big surgery it's just it's like a morning thing and I'll be in in the afternoon but you know it's 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 not a big deal but you know it's just something I got to do uh which should correct the problem and uh I do let's put it this way the nice thing about edema is I do get these really cute compression stocks I've got one now with the Buffalo Bills logo on it. So, yes, I'm wearing Buffalo Bills compression stockings. <laughs> and, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's 
But anyway, getting back to it. Uh, yes, absolutely, doctors should be able to freely investigate this without fear of professional suicide being committed. And I, I wonder, and look, I don't know this to be a fact, but I wonder how many doctors, those of you with MDs, those of you with your uh, osteopathic degrees, those of you licensed to practice medicine in New York State or wherever you happen to be listening around the country, I wonder how many of you feel free to ask questions about the vaccine and in particular its effect on cardiac situations. Do you really feel like you have the freedom to do it? Or are you worried that if you start asking questions, suddenly... Um, you know, we seem to have a super hyperabundance of pediatricians in this wing. Uh, we're going to need to let you go. I don't know. I don't know. But <clears throat> there is an organization, and we, we have spoken with somebody from that organization on numerous occasions. Her name is Dr. Jane Orient. That's Orient as in, well, Orient. And uh, it's the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS, the American Association of uh, Physicians and Surgeons. And you can look them up online, and they've got some very interesting information there about the vaccine. And that is an organization which, as I read what it puts out as a layman, that is asking some legitimate questions as medical doctors about the vaccine and its side effects. And I don't think they're crazy. I don't think they're nuts. I mean, let's put it this way. If these people are all crazy and nuts, what does that, what does that say about the medical education in the United States? If we have thousands of doctors who are insane because they question the COVID vaccine, either publicly or privately, what, our, our medical schools are graduating a bunch of people who are non-compos mentis? I certainly hope not. Seriously. Anyway, um... So anyway, getting back to the caller uh, in the previous hour, yeah, people should absolutely be free to ask questions, especially people who understand the science. And I'm talking specifically about the medical doctors who are trained to analyze death, who are trained in pathology and heart rhythm and everything else, okay? Absolutely, positively, you should be able to ask questions, but I'm probably a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Someday I hope you'll join us. No, I never liked that song much. But anyway, um, I did dig the white piano, though, not going to lie. So anyway, um, yeah, you should be able to ask questions and, and not worry about it, but I'm probably dreaming because, you know, you enjoy your six-figure income and you enjoy being on call 24 hours a day. That's a lot of fun. And you enjoy dealing with the insurance companies. And many of you aren't even recommending that your own children go into the world of medicine. I get it. Um, it's not a particularly attractive field to be in these days. Sometimes I kind of wonder why people do it because it's a hell of a lot of work. And yeah, the money's great. But you know what? You look in the obituary sometime. There's a lot of doctors who don't have very long lives. And how could they? They get called in at 3 o'clock in the morning because some idiot like me has a heart attack. That can't be good for you. Or your retina detaches. They wake you up at 10 at night and say, this guy could be having a stroke or it might be a detached retina. We need you to get in there. Um, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard life. 
It re- it truly is. You know, you, you think of the rich doctor with the Mercedes. Okay, that's great. But think about the 65-year-old doctor who has to retire because his body gave out because he was doing too much work. And that happens. And, and, and the 70-year-old doctor who dies because couldn't take care of himself because he was so busy taking care of everybody else. It's, again, it's, it's a very noble a very noble profession. People who go into it, I think, are something very, very special. They really are. But unfortunately, the way our society has evolved, it's all cor- it's corporate medicine now. It's and it's been for quite some time corporate medicine. Remember the good old days of remember the HMOs, healthcare plan. See your doctor, two dollar copay. I'll be damned. Five dollars for a specialist. Remember that? Ha. Anyway, uh, you missed the 80s. Bad hair, better medicine. Yeah, this show is just flying right by. They, t- they typically typically do, which is probably a direct result of the COVID vaccine. Anyway, um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. So I want to I want to switch gears here because uh, I, I want to do something that, uh, frankly, I wanted to do last week. But obviously, the situation with Demar Hamlin last week was first and foremost in our minds. And for now, at least, look, for me, that situation is on the back burner. And I'll tell you why. When I hear that DeMar Hamlin was so excited watching the run back for the touchdown on the opening kickoff that he set off every alarm in the ICU at uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about DeMar Hamlin at this particular point. I am thrilled with his recovery. I'm thrilled with the fact that he's back in Buffalo. I'm concerned about whether he's ever going to play football again. I'm concerned when I hear doctors say, well, we have to determine whether there's underlying uh, physical reasons for what happened. You know, uh, does he have an arrhythmia that was otherwise undetected? And, you know, what would have caused that sudden? Because these guys go through rigorous physicals. NFL does not buy a pig in a poke. No, I'm not calling him a pig. That's an expression. Uh, the, the NFL looks at people before they sign people because they don't want to get stuck with a lemon. Because in the, in the NFL, you're only as good as your body lasts. You're only as good as your body holds out, right? So, uh, you know, is, is there an arrhythmia that suddenly started? I, I don't know. Uh, did the heart suffer any damage during the time it was not pumping blood? I don't know. Um, so there's, I mean, there's a lot to be determined, but look, we all, we all wish DeMar Hamlin the absolute best. And frankly, he sounds like an absolutely awesome dude and his family sounds absolutely awesome. And, you know, he went from a guy that unless you were a die, diehard Buffalo Bills fan, you probably never heard of to, uh, probably the most known athlete in the world, uh, in the course of the past seven days and almost $8 million dollars. Um, in donations to his charity would would back that up. Uh, but I wanted to get into something last week that that story obviously overrode. And that is um, your stories of how you got through the blizzard of 22. Now, I can't believe it's 2023 already. Can you believe, looking outside your window right now, Where did the snow go? Because it was just a few days ago where people could climb on snow mountains and touch streetlights. And that snow has gone. And it melted in such a way as it didn't cause flooding, really, which was a tremendous relief. 
They got all kinds of flooding in uh, parts of California right now. Their rainfall's way up, uh, but they're never happy in California. It's either a drought or a rain, a rain uh, excess, whatever. But, uh, folks, the, the blizzard of 22, the blizzard of 22. Now, we've talked with a lot of people during the blizzard about what you were doing during the blizzard. I've had a chance to uh, meet Jay, Jay Whitley, the uh, hero, one of the heroes of the blizzard of 22 who saved 24 souls from certain death. I keep getting emails that I cannot confirm with ridiculous numbers of deaths that are supposedly being hidden. And frankly, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because if you want to get more federal disaster aid, you'd want to inflate the death toll. You wouldn't want to underreport the death toll. Uh, the more deaths you say you have, the more compassion in the form of dollars you're going to receive from Uncle Sam. So I don't understand what the motive would be. Um, you know, I, I really don't. Because how, how do you blame? How do you blame somebody for the weather? You can't blame anybody for the weather. The weather happens. It always has. It, it always will. But we're going to be looking back. Whoever's sitting here five years from now might be me. Whoever's sitting here ten years from now won't be me. Um, is going to be doing a show remembering the blizzard of 22. And I want to, I want to find out what you did during the blizzard. How you survived how you made it without heat in your home. How about your gas fireplace that they want to outlaw along with every other gas appliance because they're dangerous now. <laughs> I mean, I've seen natu- we've all seen natural gas go from clean burning fuel, the fuel of the future to it's killing children uh, in, in, in the span of uh, 20 years. It's amazing. Anyway, um, I want to hear your blizzard stories coming up in the uh, next uh, and, and final hour of the program. And some of you have unpleasant blizzard stories. About 40 people are reported to have died. The numbers I receive on email are astronomically higher, but I, I can't confirm those numbers at all. They're, ridicu- they're ridiculous numbers that I don't see possible. But anyway... 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is Bowerly on the radio. I, I want to say filling in for Joe Beamer, but thanking Joe Beamer for sitting in uh, Friday and Monday because I had a cold. Oh. 